Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the At The Races final furlong podcast, which, so to not confuse anything, At The Races is the digital partner going forward of Sky Sports Racing, which we're very excited about. I'm Emmett Kennedy, joined by At The Races pundit and Sky Sports Racing pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. And we are also joined by At The Races pundit, Mr. Declan Ricks. How's it going, everyone? Have you calmed down? No more laughing gas for the three of us? We're all good to go? <laughs> yeah. All right. All good. Then let's start with the weekend's racing and what could be the race of the season. Try and beat this. Altior has to take on not one, not two, but three high-class horses in the Tinkle Creek. It's always a brilliant race, but particularly this year, three o'clock sandown. He will face Underso, who will be ridden by Ruby Walsh, five to one. So Royal is the best price, 11 to two. St. Calvados, six to one. Nobody else wants to take them on. Altior heads the market at 8 to 11. Rixie, this is going to be some, some spectacle. Yeah, it's going to be some race now. Um, a bit kind of like what we were saying last week with the fight in fifth. It's a, it's a small field, but again, there's not too many horses that, uh, that you wish could be here. Um, you know, I suppose footpad is maybe the obvious one, but as we know, Willie likes to break up his horses. So uh, we've got Undesol, but look, we've got Undesol versus uh, Altior. I think that's a clash that everyone has, has wanted to see for a little while. But is it now kind of getting to the stage where it's uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Mayweather and it's becoming a bit too late? Because, How dare uh, you? Ooh. How dare you? <laughs> well, look, well, look, I think... I think the market has kind of forgotten that Undeso is 10 going on 11, you know. I could be totally wrong now. And I, he's definitely one horse now that you don't want to speak ill of in any way because this horse is just, you know, he's just a horse of a lifetime. He really is. He, uh, his attitude, just his, his zest for life, everything about him is just what makes this game very, very special. But unfortunately for him, kind of, there's always been that one horse like Sprinter Sacker that's always been maybe that little bit better than him. But look, if he wins this, um, you know, not that his legacy needs cementing in any way, but this will this will just add another notch to what has been an absolutely brilliant career. Okay. What's your idea of the winner? My idea of the winner is, oh, but look, look, you've just got to, on bare form, none of these horses have the ability or have achieved what Altior has done. Uh, he's he's rated 175. I actually have him rated 177. Um, you know, St. Calabados is rated 158. I have him at 155 at the moment. So Royal is rated 159. I have him at 160. And Undeso is rated 168. And I have him at 160. So look, he's got the- <laughs> Were you taking the laws from <laughs> Phil Smith? Was it? Did, did you study at his table? 
How do you mean? Did you hear their 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 lesser <laughs> lesser Irish ratings, lads, for the you know, good horses? Did, did you did you have your thick glasses on when you were reading those out? All right, normal. All right, <laughs> all right, lads. Just trying to put a bit of flesh on the bones. All right. <laughs> <laughs> two, two boys on ITV there now, and it's all gone to their heads. <laughs> Shit. Am I good for, to you. And my good friend Jeremy Kyle joined us on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much champagne at Royal Royal Ascot now has turned your head. Well, actually, <laughs> on, on my ra- on my ratings, Kev- Kevin and Emmett are actually twelve pounds clear of Declan. <laughs> but my ratings are too. My ratings are too eve massive squiggles. <laughs> oh, I definitely have a squiggle. If, if there was ever a candidate for a double squiggle, it's Kenny. Absolutely, hundred percent double squiggle. Um, Ungenuine and finished gelding. <laughs> no, 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 no. A stallion doesn't need to run. Uh, so essentially what you're saying is this is an almost impossible task for the others unless this is an off day for Altior. Because Mick Fitzgerald, to be fair, and I've said it on the podcast before, was saying on ITV, funnily enough with this, that he <sighs> thinks that, um, that Altior could be the best horse he's ever seen. So you're making a very good point, Declan. This is, yeah, is going to be a lofty it, task for everybody. Yeah, it is. Look, but that's, you know, that's assuming everything runs to its rating. But we all know racing doesn't work like that. Um, I suppose one thing, if you, if you know, just for balance, if you wanted to, to kind of um, maybe potentially take Altior on, there has been this kind of suggestion now um, that people want to see him stepped up and trip. And, you know, the Tingle Creek this year uh, probably has been for the last couple of years because nobody knows what the actual distance is. But the Tingle <laughs> Creek is not even the, the Tingle Creek is not even two miles. It's one mile seven and a half furlongs. So you know he's actually coming down in trip from the, the the Queen Mother. Technically, only half a furlong. But then when you factor in that he's maybe looked like a step up in trip would help. Does that is that maybe give us a bit of leeway to potentially take him on? I don't know. Kev, you've wanted to see Underso on soft ground against Altior, and the O'Connell family have listened. Willie Mullins has listened. Here it is. Right, come here now, Kennedy. Rixie has run up to his modest rating of 45 here in his appraisal <laughs> of this race. He has not sold this race nearly enough. But Kevin this Blake. Is best, this is the best Tingler Creek we've had since the, the great, great days of Moscow, Well Chief, Azertia, I would argue that this is one of the best races we've seen outside of a spring festival anywhere. That's what I'm talking Green about. For years. Oh, this is ma- some you're, race, you're, lads. This you're is brilliant. Bottle all of a sudden, are you? This <laughs> is some race. If you're not getting more excited about this than Rixie, go and check your old pulse. You might, you might, you might, you might be dead. Or you might need a different game to follow because this is if this race doesn't get you going, there's no hope for you. This I couldn't be more excited than I am for this particular race, and I can't this, wait this, to see this it. positive persona you're displaying here publicly is such an fraud, Blake. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Just get on. I can see through you easy now. No, but like, to be, be, being actually serious, I think you're right. I probably definitely undersold that you're spot on this is just ridiculous stuff it really is well i'll tell you how good i'll tell you how good kevin's uh art of persuasion is my heart rate during your analysis and preview declan was 65 (laughs) 
which Kevin would would deem me to be sixty-five. My ass. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm. I am. Sixty-five heart rate since you were born. I am WhatsApping this to you right now, Kevin, for for photo evidence. Right, new evidence. It's being sent to you now. During yeah, Rixie's... Bring, bring in Apple Watch to your genius or whatever it is, because it's clearly broken. If it's selling you, you've got a heart rate of 65. Let me get to the point. During Rixie's <laughs> promo of the race and his analysis, 65 beats per minute. The second Kevin started talking about it, 106 beats per minute. Now we're talking. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, 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 the two IT by, ITV boys ganging up on me. There's a surprise. <laughs> this is... Well, here, look. We'll get back to it here. This is this is some race. Look, Altior is obviously the one we're all hoping would turn up. And the standard setter, no question. Absolutely. Um, and look, the thing is, I would have been picking at him now like, like I pick at many of these good horses for an awful long time, um, pointing out the factual facts that he'd never beaten a really good horse on a day where that really good horse ran up to form. And um, that all changed in the champion chase mm-hmm. um, in March. And he did what I suppose many people always um, believed he could do, that was some performance. That was the best performance of his life, one that stamped him as one of the very best two-mile chasers of recent decades, I'd say you, you could safely argue. However, however, as brilliant as he was on that day, it would be dangerous to assume that he'll be the same horse this year. He's had breeding issues. Um, he's getting a bit older. History is littered with examples of two-mile chasers that, that hit a point at a stage in their career and, and struggled to reproduce it. You know, you think back to your master minds and horses like that. I'm not saying that he'll fit that bill. He's not quite as, as flashy as some of those ones that, that fit that bill um, were. But it would just be dangerous to assume, you know. And if you're backing him at odds on here, you're assuming he's the same horse he was last year and will be able to reproduce it on his seasonal reappearance. In fairness to him, his record when fresh is very good. You know, he beat Polito, a race fit Politologue and beat him well on his comeback last last, last season. <laughs> the season before, I just looked back at this today because I forgot it happened. On a season of reappearance in 2016-17, he beat Black Corton in a two-runner two race. And Altior literally had passed the finish line before Black Corton got over the final <laughs> fence. <laughs> literally, I'm not exaggerating. It's, no, I remember that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's actually amazing. He's... Um, He's very good generally on a seasonal reappearance. And, but he'll need to be. He'll need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I'm surprised San Calvados is the outsider of the whole lot here. Um, I thought there was an awful lot to like about his seasonal reappearance at Nace. Um, obviously, there was an awful lot of focus on footpad and what he didn't do. But what San Calvados did do was very good. And for me, he showed that he'd settled down a bit um, over the summer. He was a bit more sensible with his jumping. He, he settled a bit better. And... Um, the battle, the, well, I say the battle, the, what leads here will, will, be, will be very interesting because on the so isn't always ridden quite as aggressive, isn't quite as aggressive as he once was. Um, based on Nace, San Calvados isn't quite as aggressive as he once was. I, I suspect neither will want to get hooked up with each other. So it, it will be interesting to see which one leads. Um, but look, San Calvados, he was on yielding ground in Nace. It looks like it'll be close to soft ground at Sandown, which will suit him. He's got a big rounded action. Um, I wouldn't like to to underestimate him. The one that I wouldn't be as keen on would be So Royal. Um, don't have a wild amount against them, but I just was hoping for more in the, the Schlorer chase uh, at Shelton last time. He, he ultimately took quite a while to get the better of Simply Ned. Wonderful horse, Simply Ned, but he's about 120 years of age and has always fallen short at, at the very highest level. 
And we know he beat Min in the Grade One last season, but that was we we all know what went on there. Um, so no disrespect to Simply Ned, he he's a very good um, yardstick, if you will, um, in this division. But if you're if you're struggling to get past him, um, you know Altior and on the so and even St. Calvados, they're going to be a different kettle of fish altogether. So he'd be the last one on my list. Watch him go and bolt up now after me saying that. Um, and I left on the so for last because he, he's a hero. He's, he's been one of my favorite horses in training for years and years. Um, I've had a strong opinion for a number of seasons that two miles soft ground, um, it would take an absolute superstar to beat him in those circumstances. Nothing has beaten him in those circumstances in his whole career. Two miles soft ground, he is unbeaten. And I'm just thrilled that he's getting the chance to do it. And, and look, Rixie has a point. As much as I love on the so, uh, father time doesn't wait. He is rising 11. But to be fair to him, there was no sign uh, of, of a downgrade last season. I think it's fair to say. He was right up there with his very best. Um, he disappointed in the Ryanair to a point. But I, I don't know if I want to take that literally, mm. if I'm honest. I don't know. There was, there was some vibes afterwards that he... Nothing officially, but there was some little whispers and what have you doing the rounds that yeah. his preparation hadn't hadn't been brilliant, um, which makes sense in a way, um, given the way he shaped on the day. But he was very good after that, of course, beat Doban and Punchestown. And look, these are his circumstances. These are his conditions. I'm assuming we get the bit of rain that that's that's due. And um, I, I, oh, I've been looking forward to this clash for so long. And I just hope that, like Rixie says, that history doesn't show that it came a bit late for him. Um, because I think he'd, he'd put it up to Altior in these circumstances at his best. Um, and and oh, I, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be some race. If I was, if I, you put a gun to my Keown and said, I said, have a bet, it's probably an under-so. It's probably an under-so. It couldn't be an Altior. Um, for all that, he's clearly the most likely winner. And just at the price he is, it's just... Uh, you know what? This could be... It's certainly, if it's not the, the best race Altior has ever contested, it's certainly the second best. And the only one that would rival it was the champion chase last year where Min was, you know, in peak, peak form Min is a very good horse. But, you know, I'd say peak form on the so is probably better than Min. Yeah. You know, and who knows, San Calvados and maybe so Royal, they could come up to that mark. They're not that far behind. You know, Min was 167 in the champion chase last year. Um, on the Souls 168 at the minute you know so Royal and St. Calvados have a little bit to find but you know they're second season chasers they can certainly advance their rating uh, further so yeah like uh, you could you could definitely make the argument that, that Altior has never had such a rival on his plate as on the Soul on soft ground um, but you're again you're making the assumption that on the Soul is going to be himself I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt because there was no sign um, of any deterioration last season, his connections have all make, went out of their way to comment, um, to compliment him again um, at the outset of this season about how much enthusiasm he retains and that he seems as as um, as mad as ever. And oh, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see this race. Uh, honestly, I can't recall. Uh, to be honest, and I've, it's only been in the last couple of hours that it's really dawned on me because I was kind of being cynical, expecting a couple of these not to turn up. But the decks are in, and it looks like it's going to happen. Hopefully, the racing gods don't don't deny us this race, but with, with a non-runner. Um, in the meantime, but oh, gee, I'm excited about this. I really, really am. 
Well, the thing is, we've become so used to big-name horses being entered for a big weekend race and then inevitably one or two drop out. And, yeah, one or two have dropped out. The rubbish in the race. And it's the quality that's left. And this is... I, I think you've done a Don King-level job of selling this race, by the way, Kevin Blake. Um, this is this is proper. And the tactics are going to be fascinating. Um, I, and I guess that that's where Ruby comes in. That he's so good at adapting to how a race unfolds in front of him um, that you've got the right man on his back. He won the race two years ago. Altior has never won this race. Doesn't mean that he can't. He just hasn't lined up in it. And he's had his problems. Yeah, yeah tactics will be interesting. So I don't think Underso has to lead, but over this trip, uh, I'd imagine Ruby would be happy to let him flow. Um, I'm sure St. Calvados' connections probably still wake up in a cold sweat. I'm having nightmares about the Arkel yeah. last season where he got hooked up with um, with Petit Mouchois and it was just a, a, an utter disaster for both of them. They won't want to repeat of that. He looked more tractable on his seasonal reappearance. Granted, he was given an uncontested lead there and if Undeso did uh, take up the running in the early stages, who knows, maybe San Calvados wouldn't, cons- wouldn't consent to settling behind him. So the, open, the first couple of fences will, will be fascinating. You can be sure that Soar Oil and Altior will be happy to follow. Um, and it, it's just going to be great. And just on that point of the small field, good God, lads and ladies, if you're one of those people that is going to crib this race, oh, it's a very small field, isn't it? Right, tell you what you do. Wherever you are now, stand up, go into your bathroom, look in the mirror, look yourself in the eye and slap yourself across the face. <laughs> Because that is just the most stupid point. And we get this a lot. Who cares if there's only four? The four best horses are here. The only one who I'd really love to see in is Great Fields. That's Bez. probably the only addition. Yeah. Maybe Min. Other than that, you've got the four of the best two-mile chasers around. And the notion that it could possibly be enhanced by throwing in a couple of 20-to-one shots or 33-to-one shots is absolute not a rubbish. I, I will never have that point. I will never understand it. And if you insist on making it, at least try and give a little smile or a snigger at the end of it. So some people might think you're not being serious. That's all that will save you. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I mean, if, if your argument is, oh, I can't have an each way bet in the race, then don't bet on it. Just sit back and watch four brilliant horses go to war. It's going to be a cracking race. Declan, oh, I can't wait. Declan, Declan Ricks, having heard Kevin... Uh, by the way, have you looked at that photo, Kevin, for verification... Which one? <laughs> My heart race. <laughs> being, I haven't actually. No, being, I, don't, I don't believe it. In being means, look at your look at your WhatsApp. Being asleep during Rixie and suddenly coming alive uh, during Euro analysis. Are are you now sold, Rixie? And and if so, oh. let me let me ask you this. There will be a lot of people listening to this saying this is rubbish. Altior can't get beaten. He's never been beaten over fences. What are you talking about? He's a supreme novice hurdle winner. He's a champion. Defeat under so doesn't preclude him from being a champion. This would be an okay defeat. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It would. No, look, this, this, Kevin has is, is done a good job in this. This is this is outstanding. It really is. You know, I think in Altior, we've probably got the best horse since Sprinter Sacra, in my opinion. Yeah. I know Duvan on his, on his day is is definitely in and around that house as well. You've got Undeso, who's just an absolute champion of national hunt racing. And then you've got So Royal, who um, Kevin was pretty down on. Now, I wouldn't be as down on So Royal as Kev uh, for, a, for a couple of reasons. One, I think 
um, his course form here is 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 pretty good. He was electric last year in the the King George. Uh, was it the Henry the Eighth? Henry the Eighth. I know. Yeah, the race did fall in his lap a little bit. They went hard, but he just he just jumped around like a buck, and he was unbelievable. Um, he then he was the same when he when he won the Schlur at Cheltenham the last day, beating Simply Ned. Look, I, I, you have to agree with Kev what he says. You know, getting three pounds from an eleven-year-old like Simply Ned and, and beating him, you know, two and a quarter lengths on paper isn't great. But I think when you when you kind of combine all the factors of him coming back from uh, a little setback. I think that ground is definitely as quick as he wants it as well. I think any rain that they get at Sandland will definitely play to his strengths. And, you know, he did so much right. He travelled with so much zest. He was loving it. He jumped really well. And I think in the end, he did pick up Simply Ned well. He just, Daryl Jacob probably had to get a little bit more serious than you'd like, but he, he was dynamite. And then you've got saying Calvados, who I know a couple of the lads who um, are big into the times, they were absolutely raving about what this horse was doing last year. I think what he did at Warwick when he won the grade two beating Diego de Charmille was supposedly on, on the clock. It was just off the charts. And then as Kev has already pointed out, we know what happened to him at, at Cheltenham. He got an absolutely brain dead ride. And um, well, no, let, no, no let, let's let's be honest about it. like Davy Russell gave Paddy Mouchoir a brain dead ride, and Aidan Coleman gave St. Calvados a brain dead ride. You know, th- those are two highly professional lads. Well, look, no, the, the thing is, you see a lot of the lads kind of anal- analyzing races like this, like. The two of those lads will know they had absolute shockers. No, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it because I'm pretty sure we said it at the time. It was terrible. And they're both better than that. And they've both been better than that. But it was awful. Exactly. Exactly. And and in kind of situations like that, you just feel bad for the horses themselves and Mm -hmm. the owners. And look, Aidan Coleman is not riding the horse this year. Did that ride have something to do with it? Maybe it did. You know, this is where the lads at the very, very, very top level separate themselves. Who, who won that race, the Arca, last year? Sitting footpad. About eight or nine lengths off the pet. Yeah, who was riding yeah, footpad? Ruby, yeah, yeah. There, there you go, you know? I don't want to, you don't want to be too down on jockeys because these jockeys, are they have a tough job. Um, they're they're sweating. They're not eating. They're all that. And, you know, they're, they're facing danger every day. But, look, sometimes you've got to say it was a poor ride, and that's just simply the case. You know, just like, for example, if I put out a poor tip, if Davey or... Aidan Coleman wants to come up and go, hey, Rixie, that was a shy tip. You don't know what you're on about. That's fair enough. I'm not going to lose any sleepovers, you know? <laughs> so there you go. You're just... And trust me, there'll be plenty of those. What Rixie does on, on that occasion, and I, I was there at uh, a race meeting one day when someone came up to Rixie and had a godum for having the audacity to tip a 33 to one shot that got beaten. And uh, Rixie just turned to the at the races management and said, "Cut the check. I still get paid." <laughs> there you go. That's that's it. We all make mistakes. Unfortunately, um, these guys are in the limelight. They are sports stars, yeah. and you know when it, when it, you know it gets magnified. But look, I I just I defy anyone to say they weren't two brain dead rides. This is going to be one of the most high-pressure situations that Nico, Ruby, Daryl and Gavin have ever found themselves in. And it's going to be fascinating to see which of these horses delivers and which jockey delivers. Because tactically, and in terms of ability to do it, I'm glad you said that about So Royal too, because he is a horse of immense potential and he hadn't raced since January. Um, so I, I wouldn't quite be in Kevin's corner there, being yours. Uh, it's going to be some race. Don't miss it. Three o'clock. It's yeah. live from Sandown. Yes. And this is... The best, as Kevin said, since Moscow Flyer be deserty up in Wellchief, it's just stunning. So, in in terms of a bet, what are we what are we uh, oh, what are we looking at? 
Undersell for, for me, yeah. Undersell, definitely right. for me. What about you? I look. I think Altior wins. Obviously, no! cap, 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 Captain Obvious. But I, I, you know, I just I don't like. He's had first time out. Um, he's on your ratings. Out. What would the straight forecast be then? Come on. Uh, I don't know. My ratings are very. Um, how should we say it? Um, shite. Yeah, shite and prehistoric and. Nathandra's all ridden and everything. So. so if he's the most if he's the most likely winner, like is this a race yes. second for you that, that you are happy to sit back and just watch it and and not get involved? Or is there a part of you saying Undersoe's too big, So Royal's too big, St. Calvados shouldn't be six to one? Betting without no, the favourites. There you go. With? I think the betting without the favourite market is one of the most underutilised markets in the game. I really do. Yeah, you're right. So at a, at a bigger price, the horse that I'm actually gonna put up is So Royal. Just because he does so much right, I think in terms of raw ability, um, he doesn't have anything to find really with saying Calvados. He does with Undeso, but Undeso was ten going on eleven, having his first start of the season. So Royal has won a Schlur. He's six going on seven, and he looked in great form. So he's the one for me. The only thing I would have said with So Royal, I would have liked a bigger field because he just he travels so well. And I would have liked Daryl Jacob to give him a real ballsy ride, kind of even hold him up. Don't give him, don't give him bloody ten lengths now, Daryl. You know what I'm saying? You know, give him, give him a couple and get a get a good lead and get some cover. And just he, his jumping will do the rest for him. Mm. So he's the bet for me. Um, so Royal, I don't think there's a market form for that, but um, there will I be. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know what? Given him the so's price and profile, you know, you could be looking at maybe two to one. So I'd rather back him. Without Altior two to one, then back Altior straight at about eight to eleven or whatever it is. It's going to be a cracking race. I cannot wait. Yeah. for it. just sit back, relax, and enjoy yeah. it. Before that, at one fifty, we will see Kelly Woolacott's Lawler in action. Uh, obviously, an odds-on favourite, ten to eleven after that brilliant performance at Cheltenham. Dynamite Dollars reopposes. He is six to one, uh, as is Dia Kelly. Uh, and his new life for Gary and Joshua Moore currently sevens. It's all about Lawler, though. He was brilliant. It's obviously a very emotive story. But if you just park that for one second from a pure race analysis perspective, that was really exciting what he did at Cheltenham. And I would be disappointed if he couldn't follow up. He doesn't have to do it in the same style, but I would expect him to go and do it again, Declan. Yeah, no, definitely. I think what he did at Cheltenham, as you say, kind of, you know, I think maybe it's it's the story is great and we hope the story continues. But, you Absolutely. know, something what we're doing here is, you know, trying to preview a race and kind of, you know, we've got to put all that to one side. And when you do put all that to one side, he was he was dynamite. He really, really was. Um, he beat dynamite dollars by seven lengths. He jumped like a buck and, you know, he kind of he put a few things to, to bed, really. Maybe there was maybe a, a bit of a, a thought that, he was potentially better on kind of good, proper soft ground. Uh, there was another thought that maybe he was a bit of a spring horse. And, you know, I think in winning like he did on good ground at Cheltenham in November, it, it probably just suggests to me that we're just finally seeing a horse of huge stature just come into his own. So, look, he's, I think his time as well that day, I think that was that race was the same day as the Schlurrer at Cheltenham. <laughs> And I think the time stood up pretty well and he was carrying a similar weight to So Royal. So, yeah, look, it, it was a perf- the perfect start to the season. But, um, and then, you know, while the, the Tingle Creek is an unbelievable race, this is a bit of a shite race. So I think we should take all the beating. <laughs> this, is, this, 
this is this is not a good this is not a good grade one lads it really 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 isn't and um i would have liked to have potentially seen kalashnikov come here but they've taken a more patient route with him he's got he went in one of the uh, plumpton i think on monday um yeah look at this is this is not a good race so i think if we'll have to see i think he's odds on already now before the the final decks come out but if he was even money um on the day you know, with, with likely a few more horses to come out, I think he, he'd probably be a bet. For We know the tactics now. For account acquisitions on Saturday morning, someone's going to go evens, but right now he's best odds 10 to 11. Kevin, we talked about him in depth the last day. From the perspective of this race, disappointing if he can't do it for the champion jockey. Yeah, for sure. Look, what he did at Cheltenham first time over fences was very good. But the style in which he did it would suggest that he can improve and come on from that. You know, I thought Richard Johnson gave him a very good educational ride. You know, he took him back into traffic very deliberately early on. You know, his jumping was nice and measured and neat, efficient. You know, he wasn't letting fly at him like, like you'd sometimes see with these with these two mile novice chasers. He was good and efficient. And um, and yeah, look, he, he was powerful um, in the closing stages. And one would hope that he'd build on that and be very tough to beat here. You know, Dia Cali is probably his biggest danger. Um, I suppose we don't want to be in danger of underestimating Dia Cali. You know, mm-hmm. in his prime, he was a very, very good horse. And to be fair, he switched from Willie Mullins to Gary Moore. And I suppose just that, that switch in itself would have you going, oh God, you know, how much uh, Willie Mullins wouldn't have let him go if he thought there was still a load of juice left in him. Um, and while he was disappointing in his first two spins over hurdles, he's been very good over fences. Um, kind of as you'd expect, you know, aggressive front running, um, good jumper in the main, can can they fly it a few? But really, at Cheltenham last time, he probably he was probably pretty lucky. Um, he he raced clear, probably did too much in the middle part of the race. Um, it looked like Dear Sire was probably going better with him. He fell at the second last. Then it looked like one for Billy might be launching a challenge up the run in, and he's run out the run out the gap onto it, do another circuit. Um, so he's probably been a bit lucky on the day. He may he may well have won anyway, but um, for his two closest challengers to to make their individual exits certainly was a big help to him. And um, Lawler, you'd imagine, would represent a, a, a much more potent challenge than Dear Sire or or one for Billy. So by the wouldn't be. Um, a bit, a bit of betting advice at odds on. I'd be just from a spectator's point of view. I'd be very much hopeful that Lawler could really consolidate his his article prospects here with, with a big performance. Yeah, Klashnikov did it on Monday at Plumpton. It's over to you, Lawler, to get your second uh, big win, and I hope he does. It'll be a fantastic story as well. But just from a betting perspective, he just looks like a good thing, really, doesn't he? And even even kind of sorry cutting across you um Emmett. i think the great thing about this race being on the same day as the tingle creek is we get we can get a proper good look at these horses which can, you know in terms of comparing times and sectionals and all that kind of stuff um you can really 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 get a good a good look and see how these horses stand up to horses that they will potentially be facing next year yeah great shout that and of course it is gary moore's track they love having winners there so possibly dia cali will be a bit of a fly in the ointment but um I don't think that was by any means a fluke last time at Cheltenham. And I think hopefully Lawler, like they were expecting him to be better next time. So, God, we could be in for a real show. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, also, we'll see the return of the anti-post favorite for the Triumph Hurdle last year, or last season, I should say, which went horribly wrong. Uh, Apple Shakira on a retrieval mission. She's entered for the uh, Handicap Hurdle. 
Yeah. No, funny, and... enough, I, funny enough, I, I bet being in handicap company will help her. Big field? Um, I, I thought it all along. Big field, more pace in front of her. It might just give her a chance to settle and do things right because we know the talent is there. And I just think those circumstances might suit her a bit better. So I wouldn't. I, I, you're probably you're probably getting wound up there to be super dismissive, but <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as negative. I think I think she'd be okay in that sort of circumstance. All right. I will just say that the juveniles have so far been rubbish this season. But uh, over to you, and we'll see if she can get it done. Right. The <laughs> beat your handicap chase. Kevin can't oh, wait yes. to talk about this. Kevin's got one for us. But Rixie, it's over to you first of all, uh, because I know that you have been doing proper study on this race, and I know you've nailed it for us as well. So, what's your idea of the winner of the Beecher Chase? And don't steal Don Poli from Kevin. <laughs> the winner was or is Theatre Territory, who is now a non-runner. Oh, hey. for goodness' sakes! Oh, I was itching to see her over these fences again, but uh, it, it just it looks like the decks have come through and she's not been declared. So all my hard work last night, I'm, I'm in the midst of moving house. I may add. Has, uh, has proven to be shite. So, <laughs> well, at least that's so great I'm, fun, though, Kevin. At least, Rixie, it's great fun to be moving house. You know, that's always a fun fun experience. <clears> oh, <throat> yeah, brilliant. Love, love that whole crack of packing everything you own into a box and then moving it across town and then unpacking it again. And splendid experience, splendid. <laughs> but, yeah, look, she... Um, I, don't know what they're going to do with her theatre territory there. Warren Greatrix horse, but she she's a well handicapped horse for me, and she jumps really well. She ran behind Abus Daru the last time, and she ran well. That was a good race. I think what I don't know where they're going to go with her, but definitely keep um, keep an eye on her. Um, I suppose the one that I I would potentially um, blatantly put up, and I I would just like to point out to to listeners that I was moving yesterday so I didn't get as much work done as I would have liked oh, to. Sure, look Excuses. So, you Excuses. Know, so if, if all those horses kind of lose it was obviously they were one point wins and the ones that win were obviously max bets so you know yourself. <laughs> but uh, the one I would have a tentative go at here is actually Highland Lodge. Uh, he's actually 12 going on 13 but he's uh, this race has actually thrown up kind of really old horses winning. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hello Bud won this in 2012 as a 14 year old he also won it two years previous as a 12 year old and then Oscar time won it in 2014 as a 13 year old uh, Highland Lodge actually won this race three years ago and he's back again but he's I think the key with this horse is he's got a good record fresh so he's coming off here um, off, a t- off a 322 day break he's got winning form over the fences over the course and distance and he was Second in this race two years ago behind Villion Rouge of 137, and he now runs of 135. So I think I saw 20 to one there. I'm not still sure if the 20s is yeah, available. Is it still there? Yeah. I would be maybe that, that's the I would have a tentative go at him. Uh, but then if he does win, I'll obviously be giving it the massive oi oi, you know yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, because you this was your absolute five star nap max bet. <laughs> yeah. We can we can edit that in later on. Don't worry about it. We can we can change it. Yeah, for but you. look it's it, it it's it doesn't look a brilliant race. I think um apart from obviously Don Pauly being in there, but like I think to one one of the head one to the head of the market is Bally Optic. Uh, I know he was second in the Scottish National last year, but his jumping for me now would be a worry. And I, I really, I liked him, his profile and all that for the, the, the Scottish Grand National last year, but I just couldn't have him jumping around. And it's probably more of a, 
probably says more about the the air fences than than it does anywhere else. But this coming back to you know big fences, uh, fences with drops, canal turns, all that kind of stuff. I think that might be fine fine finding him out. So if you wanted maybe to put one to the side at the top of the market. That maybe Bally Optic is the way to go. Okay. Highland Lodge, of course, wears the famous Chibi Park silks, which are very much associated with the Aintree Grand National itself. Uh, Black Line won this race last year and then went horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, that awful race at Haydock. Uh, brought down, pulled up. He tries to redeem himself. He may very well do so. I would go for the winner from two years ago, V. Leon Rouge, because I'll just follow him right over the cliff, Kevin Blake. Is it all about Don Poli for you? Jack Kennedy coming on over. Oh, I can't wait to see the old boy back. Ah, stop. It's been a long wait now. Great to see him back. He's had loads of entries there for the last few weeks. And that he's coming over to run over the big fences is just a big thrill. I, you know, I think the days of, of um, being bullish about Don Poli for this race or that are probably gone. But he's just probably my favorite horse in training at this stage. So I'll just be happy to see him back. Uh, great horse. Great character. Uh, very talented and consistent as well, to be fair to him. And it'll just be fascinating to see how much ability he has held on to um, in, during his absence. And um, he got a leg, so you know you never know um, how much ability they'll retain when they're back. But to be fair to him, in his pomp, you know he was—he maybe wasn't quite as quite as good as um, I dreamed he might be at one stage. But to be fair to him, he was very, very consistent at the at the very highest level. Um, and I, I just can't wait. You, you'd, you'd imagine he'd take to these fences, and the stamina test will suit him as well. And to be fair to Gordon, like he, he seemed to be really sweet on him talking about him earlier in the week. So um, I'd just be hoping he runs a good race. Couldn't be advising anyone back him or anything like that, but um, I'll be giving him a good roar. Um, I'm in Rixie's boat a little bit here. I was planning on, on going with Go Conquer, but he hasn't been declared. So I'll give a, a tentative uh, shout to present man who I suspect will be well-suited with these fences. Um, very good jumper. Uh, reasonably handicapped. and Better than ever last time. Uh, will be given a no-nonsense ride. You'd imagine stays well. So he'd be my token selection, really. But for me, it's all about watching the, the pollinator um, show his... See how just how much speed he has retained. I still um, have after, that after poster. I still have the poster that was given to us by Michael uh, at a Cheltenham preview night, the pollinator. I have that. What a horse. He's absolutely fantastic horse. with Bet Blake all over it as well. Um, he did come to Aintree and win at this meeting a few years ago, and he did have grade one entries, so it's fascinating that they're going for this. Yeah, back when, back when the dream was alive, he beat Manny Clouds and beat him well mm. in, in what was a super performance. Um, and I, I can't, just can't wait to see him. He, he's a smashing horse. I'd say he, it'll be Jack Kennedy's first time to ride him, and um, I'll just be mad keen to watch this Saturday is just going to be a fabulous day of racing like, I there's so many races that are really engaging me um, even at this you know relatively early stage before we even have full declarations for everything um, oh, I can't wait it's going to be a super day Saturday honestly is a throwback to the old Channel 4 days when you'd get up to watch the morning line and then you would just be pouring through the paper and then you'd sit there glued to the couch you're not moving. There's no chores being done. That's it. You're just sitting there and you're watching all the racing for the entire day. It's a proper, proper day's action. And many clouds, who we just mentioned, will be remembered in the uh, rewards for racing chase. Five past two. This is the race that Don Poli beat him in a couple of years ago. And Definitely Red is again favorite, 13 to 8, having beaten Black Corton with that spectacular aerobatic uh, piece of action from Brian Lee Corton. Uh, Brian Frost. Brian Corton? 
Might as well call her Briny Corton at this stage. The two of them just get on so well. Why not? Um, so Briny Frost was superb to maintain that partnership. Uh, Rock the Cashbar, The Last Samurai. Kevin, for you. We'll give you first crack at this one. So Danny Cook, definitely red. You went to you went to with Sean Connery on us there for a second. Rock the cash bar. Rock the, rock the cash bar. Dosvadonya, uh, comrade. Well, I'm a great. I'm a. I'm one of them famous oh, Russian captains. <laughs> Down for Red October. I don't have a strong opinion on this because this wasn't on our running order, so I haven't looked at it properly. Ah, for goodness' week. sakes. Jesus. For goodness' sakes, it said the grade two, two or five. <laughs> no, it yeah, I, I got. How come I got the running order? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Rixie. Right, Rixie, you, you can do it. No, no, was, no, you just didn't do the was, work. There was a race Rixie. called the Grand National on my running order. Oh, so you're an idiot. Like, how could I trust? You're an idiot, Rixie. Definitely red. Short price favorite. Uh, po- Opposer against it's the Grand National. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he, he's gonna he's gonna take a fair bit of beating, but there is one horse that would interest me now. And that is Dan Skelton's Rene Girl, who finished second last year um, behind Finian's Oscar in the Manifesto Novices Chase. And the kind of that was the day she, she kind of signaled to me that she's going in the right direction. She does a lot right. She goes out, she makes a run, she jumps well. Uh, the only the question is definitely the trip. But now she's maybe getting a little bit older, a little bit wiser. She might be able to see that. She actually has um, she has winning form over three miles around Ludlow, but that was on good ground in April. And she she has bits and pieces of form over kind of staying trips. But since they dropped her back in distance to around two mile four, she's kind of come into her own. Um, she would be interesting to me now if she managed to get an, an easy lead out in front and she was able to kind of turn this into a bit of a sprint. I'd imagine Danny Cook wouldn't allow that, but she is she's just interesting. It's 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 not a great race, I suppose. Double shuffle is is one we should give a mention to. He was obviously second behind my bite in the King George <laughs> last year. Yeah. But he he fell in his he fell in his uh, his prep run behind definitely red at Weatherby last time. And he's kind of a horse who likes good ground and potentially going right handed, so I don't know. Look, we need the, the the decks would have been handy as ever, but I do think Renee's girl is is interesting from the front if if Harry Skelton can get out there and dictate the pace because with the weight allowance, um, on my figures, she's she's only got about five or six pounds to find. So we we'll see how we we'll see how it in, goes. Man. Well, but no, don't... that's. That's that's when you that's when you factor in the ah, come on. the Phillies allowance. You okay. know what I'm saying? Well, I tell you what, Rixie, what Double Shuffle likes the, likes most, but the conditions that suit him best are when he has a bone idle Mike bite in front of him to make him look better than he is. That could be a fair <laughs> shout from the young Blakester. Yeah, utterly, utterly flattered that day. Uh, completely. Oh no, he was definitely flattered, but he he still you know he still finished ahead of T for two thistle crack, you know. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. And, and it, do you know it, what? It Roman the Schneem. Roman the Schneem. He sure he's a superstar. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> well, if you're gonna... and the shuffle's all right now. He's all ah, right. He's maybe. On. Yeah, yeah. I do get what Kev is saying. Yeah, no, that it would he's, be a he's fair fine, point. Rixie. He's, he's fine. fine. Yeah, he's he, he's yeah. not grand. Yeah. He's just 
Oh, he's not even grand. He's not grand. Oh, oh God. <laughs> the, the, the Blake scale is back. I did like when uh, Kevin liked the Sky Sports Racing tweet yesterday and someone tweeted you saying, it's ellipses, fine. Uh, the race that uh, was there for your potential, Kevin, and it was because your favorite horse, second favorite horse in training, could be running as Bywise in Chepstow for the Welsh Grand National Trial. But let's move on, and uh, we will go to... <laughs> all, it's, all it said in the running order was no. the Grand National. No, it didn't. You didn't read yes, it, it properly. The Grand, the Grand National. Yeah, we're going to do an anti-post. Literally, the Grand we're National. We're going to do an anti-post preview of the Grand National now. Uh, the John Durkin Memorial Chase has seen some brilliant winners over the years. Will we get to see the likes of a Jackadam in this lineup? Uh, Black Hercules, you can hear Graham Wiley talk about him and Bells Hill in my interview with him yesterday, which gets hijacked by Jeremy Kyle, which I honestly had absolutely <laughs> no clue about whatsoever. And I was genuinely very worried when he started talking that he was going to say, I've got Hattie and Tash here, and they both have the envelopes. I was thinking, oh no, oh no, what's going on? So you can listen leave to that. Those, leave those poor girls alone. <laughs> listen there's, to that. On. There's, there's any amount of dodgy storylines we could throw at you here now talking to Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> so you can listen. And he destroyed me within 30 seconds as well. So you can hear that on At The Races in your podcast app. Uh, presenting Percy, we know for sure, is coming back here. And Kevin, oh, yes. he's the idea of many people's Gold Cup winner. He was absolutely outstanding at Cheltenham last year. And it's fascinating to have him back. And he's not even favourite. It's ridiculous. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> I just can't quite believe it. Yeah. Min is favourite. Yeah. Not, nothing against Min. But over two and a half miles. I don't know. I don't think he really gets to the trip, if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Well, it didn't look have. like it. It didn't look like it at Aintree, Kev. Well, he seemed to get outstayed by a, by, by a horse that's not the world's strongest there in my mind himself, and Politologue. Um, oh, look. Like presenting Percy, you could you could certainly argue that it might be a bit on the short side for presenting Percy, but he he's a very classy horse. He is not shy of toe, and people might might try to pigeonhole presenting Percy this season because oh you know he's won over three mile five or whatever it was in the Porterstown. He stays forever, but he's he's a quick horse. He's always looked at. He's always been a strong traveller. Always been capable of quickening up. Um, two and a half miles will be just fine for him, I think. And yeah, God, if he's Pat Kelly, I'm sure we'll have him in great order. I remember on a season of reappearance last season, like I, I, you'd imagine Pat Kelly would be training him for one day, and it, it would probably be unrealistic to expect him to be bang on here. But I did note uh, Philip Reynolds talking about him the other day, and he was saying that they actually had him in earlier this season than they had last season. The intention was to get a few more runs, in, have a few runs into him by now. But the ground has obviously put pay to that. Um, so I'd expect him to be straight enough now. And just over this trip now, Min, uh, I'd fear Bells Hill more than Min. So I would. Mm. Um, I don't know if both of them will run. Well, Bells Either Hill, will the, the intention, at least unless there's a last minute change of heart, is that he'll start off in what was known as the Lexus. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, that'd, be, that'd be fair enough. Um, album photo might start off here, but yeah, like presenting Percy is just better than all those, isn't he? Mm. Um, but it just comes down to how how ready he is. Um, I think Ed Wolf will, will probably run here if the ground is safe. Um, but you, you couldn't fancy him against presenting Percy at this stage, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I'd be looking forward to seeing Percy back and and taking his first step on the on the road to what could well be Gold Cup glory. 
he's very much underestimated in this market, Rixie, isn't he? Uh, and, and also, we're not entirely sure what's going to happen with the Mullins team yet. Min may very well run here. Maybe he'll go for the hilly way at Cork. That could be great fields. Could be a day out for Bez either. So we know presenting Percy runs. 7-2 seems big. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's really, it's an impossible race to get a hang of, a hang of here. You've got Min in your Bells Hill album photo, Kemboy. Um, you know, they're just, they're all the horses, just the willies. Like, we, we, we don't know who's going to run. To me, it makes sense to to start Min's season off in um, in the hilly way. Because, you know, first first run of the season, he's probably going to be a little bit gassy, gassy horse anyway. And you'd fan, you'd, you know, you'd fancy something to, to outstay him over this trip. Bells Hill, um, you know, is he a two, two and a half mile or two and a half mile horse? I just look at this race and I just look at Min, I go two miler, I go Bells Hill, three miler, I go Presenting Percy, three miler, Album Photo, three miler. And I'm just, we're, I think we're struggling to have kind of just a proper two and a half miler. And then I come down to a horse who looks grossly overpriced based on one run this season, and that's Balca de Flo. Balca de Flo is 12 to 1, lads. He won a Ryanair last year beating Un de Sol. And I think two and a half miles is his game. And I went back and I watched his race against uh, Road to Respect in the JN Wine. He, you know, he, he just, I don't know, was he a deep girth horse, but he, he just, he looked a bit fat as a fool and he ran like that. So, mm -hmm. and Rachel Blackmore did a very good job looking after him. She just, you know, wasn't, wasn't overly hard on him. And as we saw with uh, Henry's other good horse, Paloma Blue, he, to me, he just looked like a horse who, who needed the run desperately as well. And maybe Henry's just one of the trainers who's been a little bit behind because of the good weather. And if that's the case, I'm willing to take a chance on Balca de Flo. 12 to 1 is chronically overpriced. But then again, we don't know as he run. But I imagine he's going to run here, you know. Um, Gig and Stown aren't afraid to run their horses against each other. So uh, to me, he is the, is the horse who's grossly overpriced. And I think he might run here because... Um, Disco, we did a stable tour with Noel Mead. You did that, Kev, did you? With Disco, yeah. So that Noel was kind of insinuating that he was maybe a little bit behind, and if he does run here, it was probably going to be maybe be a prep for Christmas. Yeah, so he he, if, he wouldn't have filled you with confidence now with you to this race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the kind of vibe I got from him. So look, and this race is definitely going to cut up. You know, mm. Willie's not going to run Min. He's not and Bell Sale and Album. Auto and Kemby, they're all knocking um, against each other. So I'm just wondering, is it worth having a little dabble anti-post before the decks come out on Balka de Flo? Well, you oh, can... He should not be that price. No. He just shouldn't. There's, there's not a whole, even anti-post. He should not be that price at 12 to 1. But then again, on the other hand, are, is that price basically suggesting that we don't know that, that he's an, an unlikely runner? But Henry's not the type of lad to enter horses and not run them. So... Yeah, we we'll, we don't know, but I, in terms of, in terms of anyway, who I'd be looking at and winning it, just because the, on the pure basis that he's a two and a half miler taking on potential Gold Cup horses, I think Balka de Flow is the is the bet here. But he does come with risks because he was disappointed at Down Royal, but 
we know he's a very, very good horse and two and a half miles is his game. Well, you, you've swayed me. I think I'm going to be having a cut off the 12 to 1 with, with Carl and, and Lad Rooks. Thank you very much. Evan is... Kennedy, the most easily swayed man that has ever said Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I like the fact that uh, long time listeners. Yeah, but George making a case, it's easy, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, See, Rixie said it with confidence. I like the fact that um, uh, See, one of our long time listeners, the... uh, Simon, tweeted. <laughs> tweeted um, Monday's review show saying 51 minutes Kennedy says anti-post betting's dead 57 minutes Kennedy's like lads we're having a bet in the anti-post market back out of flow so for, for Gigginstown it's it's a solid case and it's well made Shattered Love she could possibly line up here as well for Gordon we're not entirely certain as we record Kev Look, Percy wins. Just get on with it. Right? Lovely. All right. Done. Done. That's it. Anything else to mention? Uh, the Hilly Way will be on as well. Of course, that's going to be a case of whichever Willie Mullins horse turns up, goes and wins. Anything else that either of you would like to highlight, gentlemen? Um, very quickly, I mentioned for Exeter Friday, which is tomorrow as we record. Kevin, Just that's an English track. There's a novice chase there, lads, that'll get you fairly jiggy. You got Black Op versus Deffy Desai versus Top of the Game. Proper race. That's what I'm Proper talking about. Proper race. And it's just an ordinary, it's just a relatively ordinary. And is, uh, is, is White Moon in there as well, no? The Tizzard Yeah, yeah, yeah he is, yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, Stop, I some race, was, he, Yeah, it's a decent race. I think he was coming to win that race at Cheltenham when he fell um, at the, was it the November meeting? But yeah, yes, that's it. it was, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like a cracking race. Oh, stop, black off. Poor old Jeffy Desai, I know he's on a bit of a retrieval mission. His uh, his chasing debut was oh, was okay. It wasn't fine. It was okay. It's terrible. And, yeah. and he definitely needs to do a bit better. But um, to me, it looked like I had, I had a real good look at it, and it just looked like there might have been a bit of stage fright there. First run over fences at Cheltenham. Um, I, I'm happy to give him another chance, but this isn't. I was kind of hoping he'd be put into uh, less choppy waters, and technically he is. Um, in terms of race class, but Jesus, he's pulled a few bogeys here. Big time. With black up and top of the game and and, and white moon. Woof. This is a right good race. This would be the race. Certainly, this wouldn't look out of place in any of the big cards on Saturday. This is a right race. Yeah. No, it's a really good shout. Um, hopefully, you've heard it beforehand, but even so, watch it back afterwards because it will be a cracking race. On Friday, uh, Kevin, I cannot let you go without asking you about Latrobe. Joseph sends him to Hong Kong. It'll be live. Uh, I think James Knight was saying on Twitter that every fourth tweet on his timeline was all about the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> in and <laughs> Hong Kong racing. Does this interest anybody? Does this jockey's would, challenge interest anybody? It wouldn't be like James Knight to be a bit negative on horse. Not race. at all. <laughs> and James Knight, the man who said that, ah, what's the point of having Frankel yeah. in training at four when you don't run him over 12 furlongs? What are you talking about? He'd never be negative. And the man who said, he got bored of watching Big Box. Once he said that, that was just... Uh, right. He <laughs> made his bed with me. Yeah, he made his bed with me. No, no there's but, just no coming back from that. And I, I've met James Knight a few times. He's a smashing lovely, fella. Lovely he, fella. He's, he's easy to throw stones at him in the tweet machine. My favourite my favorite James Knight one on Twitter was, he clearly had a pre-written tweet uh, before the Ascot Gold Cup one year. 
because uh, he's not a fan of those long distance races clearly and the tweet was something like meh is it over yet <laughs> and it was it was the year that was a leading light one in the most incredible finish you've ever seen in your life and he still sent it out they just hit the line and he, and he sent it out like oh you should have taken a pull there Nighty. he did it Chapman he did it Chapman he tweeted a pre-written tweet oh here I, I, I tell you I, I had I had a pre-written tweet written out for Saturday when I saw all that money come for Sam Crow I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the death of Sam Crow has been exact. What, what was that Mark Twain line the uh my death has been uh, greatly exaggerated. exaggerated. Rep- reports yeah, of yeah. my death have been greatly exaggerated. And then, then I see Boover. I see ba- Barry Garrity coming along with his crouching tiger, hitting dragon pose. I'm like, oh my god! Delete, delete, delete. Good luck. Oh man, what a performance that was from Boover there. Okay, funny so- enough, I, I, since we started calling out the three three written tweets, it doesn't seem to happen all that much. Anymore. Yeah, I think I, I think certain people have realised that. You see, what was happening was one particular person, Chapman in particular, was being called on it. He was being tweeted out saying hashtag free written tweet at final furlong. So yeah, um, we've uh, you're welcome, Twitter. You're welcome. We put a stop to that for you. So Latrobe yeah, is uh, drawn six, a fine run on his Australian debut, only beaten ahead. James McDonald on board. Roster Probich runs for Aidan O'Brien. Ryan Moore, Ryan's Mirage Dancer for Sir Michael Stout. Interesting. Doesn't always work out when, when uh, Ryan Moore does that and drops a cool Moore horse. But Latrobe, fascinating runner. Oh, he is. But look, he needs to, he'll need a career best effort. You know, he was a bit unlucky not to win down in Australia. The start killed him. He was just a little bit slow at the start and he got squeezed back. And it just made his task really tough. And I thought he did well to go as close as he did. Um, but look, this is, he's back up to 12 furlongs, which is probably his trip. Uh, but look, this is, this is a far, this is a much tougher race than the McKinnon. It really is. Um, he's drawn six. Good draw. Uh, world-class jockey and James McDonald. I just hope he just starts a little bit a little bit sharper. And you couldn't be going in confident now. I haven't even looked at the betting. I assume he's a big, big price uh, because his form, that's what his form suggests he should be. This is a good, good race. And um, yeah, sure, you, you, he's, he's going there. He, he's had a bit of... Um, to tell you how, how, how good they are in Hong Kong to report stuff, he had a bit of an incident there last week where he, he, he reared over and kind of rolled onto his side and uh, there was full reports sent out to, uh, to the full Hong Kong Jockey Club mating list detailing what happened and that he was being assessed and so on and so forth and he, uh, he came back right very quick thankfully uh, but it's just an example you know something, there could be a, something a hundred times worse could happen a horse in this neck of the woods <laughs> and you'd be relying on kind of chit chat to know hear about, about it, it. We'd never the boys know over it. in Hong Kong know what you've had for breakfast um, quite, quite literally yeah, yeah. yeah some, um, some operation out there Oh, stop. And I normally be there now. I've kind of made a habit of going there. This is my first year missing it for a while. But it's um, if you haven't been, it's it's a fabulous place to go racing. It really is. Um, wonderful city. Jeez, they love racing. They are passionate about racing. And um, and punting uh, their brains out. They love punting. Uh, they love punting. And Happy Valley like, is, is as interesting a place as you'd ever go. And Chatin is obviously cracking as well. So. Yeah. Um, if you could ever find yourself looking for a little break, um, I kind of do it kind of Wednesday to Sunday, and that's enough time to get it all in, in my opinion. So it doesn't have to be a long break. You can go there this for this weekend, or there's the big big weekend in April as well. It's 
that's worth a look as well. So that gets the the Hong Kong experience gets the two thumbs up from from Kevin Blake. So it does. I tell, Blake is doing some selling on the podcast this week, isn't he? I'm not even getting paid for it. Yeah, Jesus. exactly. I tell you what, lads, I'm I'm available to be your brand ambassador for whatever it is. <laughs> be it be it uh, Sandown, be it Hong Kong, be it Belfast. Jeez, I've done some serious selling on this pod over the years for nothing. I'm telling nothing. you, ladies and gentlemen, I got the best race in the world coming up for you. It's the Tinkle Creek and you. Want to see my horse run in this race? And as for at the races, it's exclusively live Sunday morning, 6 a.m. Don't you miss Happy Valley, the greatest place in the world? And you'll be happy when you bag the drove. Well done, King, there by Blake. Sounds like those volume are after wearing off, aren't they? Just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. Only in Hong Kong. Only. only, in Hong Kong. And only on at the races. Um, exclusively right. live on at the race That's... Just, just, just before we move on from Don King horrible human being oh, absolute, terrible absolute individual dregs. one of the absolute most dregs. disgusting individuals on planet earth ever and I'm in yeah including all the war criminals ever oh, uh, my, my heart rate is currently at 145 beats per minute so uh, I, I better go um, Valkeist for me in that race is live on ATR at 6 o'clock Sunday morning <laughs> right that's it uh, Declan Ricks a pleasure as always thanks so much cheers lads and we'll edit that for you to be the max bet if it comes off Kevin uh, I'll talk to you on Monday my friend good luck and I'll try and sell the racing as well as Kevin live from Dundalk tomorrow uh, Friday oh, yeah, boy, yeah. Uh, along with the uh, broadcaster of the year of 2017 Luke Harvey and broadcaster of the year 2018 Jason Weaver on Get In it's going to be a lot of fun for me, isn't it? Yeah. I have bring no your, trophy. Bring your helmet and armor, Kenny. He, he even has, like, he won the bloody big point-to-point race the other day, so the two of them have trophies. It's ridiculous. Oh, anyway. Be- El Bebop and Rocksteady there. <laughs> oh, I'm stealing oh, that line. <laughs> That's it. We're done. I'll see you Friday night and at the races on Get In Monday on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. Have you downloaded the free at the races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.